I would hope that more women would tap into their femininity because it's their superpower. I don't walk into a board meeting and present myself masculine. So when I come in the room, I want to be able to show up as my feminine self. So when I see your masculine self, we're able to reproduce. I'm an African queen. You are. Literally. Um, I'm a queen in Cote d'Ivoire. What? No, <laughs> seriously. But yeah. zoom in, I want you to see my skin. I'm at a hotel and I'm like, what are y'all doing here? They said, we need to prepare your body for the ceremony. I said, prepare my body. I'm in the land of the living. Ugh. We got to sound an alarm because this thing is that serious. It's mm. a state of emergency. It was like, wait, affirmative action is gone? What just happened? And I said, oh, shoot. I said, this was put in place right after slavery was abolished in 1865, stating that basically blacks could enter contracts and not be prohibited because of race. Yo, 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 what are you doing? I'm giving you unbelievable content for the masses. And you just gonna keep it to yourself? Do me a favor, tap that red button right there. Subscribe, and it literally takes no time. Try it and see what happens. Yo, what's good? What's poppin'? What it is, what it ain't, what it could be, what it should be, what it would be. Cam Newton, the son, Mr. Boogie, the all here with another episode of Funky Friday, and I promise... To give good content for the masses, but most of all, I promise to keep it funky for your asses. Today, this guest is a renowned author, a entrepreneur, a investor, a empire, to say the least, a FAMU graduate. Uh, I present to some and introduce to others the founder and CEO of the Fearless Fund, Miss Arian Simone. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am impeccable. I know that's right. You know it ain't wrong. Now, <laughs> as we get into this slate of questions, I said to you off camera, I don't even want to use these. I have to use these sparingly to get the party started. My first question to you is... How did you come about the Fearless Fund? And to the viewer, what is the Fearless Fund? The Fearless Fund is the world's first venture capital fund that's built by women of color for women of color. Mm. So have you seen Shark Tank? We exchange cash for ownership. People come to us and they say, hey, I got a business. Can you invest $500,000? In exchange, we'll give you 10% ownership of the business. So like this that. is, you're a venture capitalist. That is correct. Mm. So you being who you are, when did it click or when did you start having the idea to, to bring this to life? I was a college student at FAMU. Okay. It was when I was in school and I had a mall-based retail store and I had to go raise capital. I've been selling stuff since I was a kid. Mm. I was selling Mary Kay in high school, poinsettias in middle school and lemonade by the time I was in elementary school. Like I've always sold stuff. Okay. Um, but when I got to college, I wanted a store in the mall, and I had to go raise capital. And that's when I saw that very few of the business investors looked like me. Okay. And I made a promise to myself that one day I was going to be the business investor I had been looking for. And that promise looks like the Fearless Fund today. Listen, I had the opportunity to be a part of it. Uh, thank you uh, okay. for acknowledging the little people and giving us the opportunity and the platform to speak our truth. Um, but that summit... I know from, from being a part of it what it is, 
But what was the vision behind it and what is the vision for it? Uh, the vision behind our Fearless Fund Venture Capital Summit is because a lot of our community, they're not educated on venture education. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that people understand what growing and scaling your business looks like. We want them to know what it looks like to raise capital. Do you even take venture money? Yes or no? You know, every business doesn't need it. What it also basically looks like to do what I do. Right. We want more black and brown women becoming investors because we'll get more black and brown investments if we have more people doing it. Um, and even people learning about how to acquire businesses right. such as yourself. So, yeah. So the common question that I would say um, that's asked and curious to hear your thoughts about what is the aha or what's the the moment when you realize this is a good deal this is a good investment versus this is not a so good investment uh some of it is intuition mm -hmm. some people do look good on paper <clears throat> excuse me but they ain't got the grit mm. they ain't got the hustle and then there's some people got the hustle but they may not look as good on paper um so I'll say this. We look at four things to get past the smell test. Brand, traction, how strong the team is, um, and product, how good the product is. We invest in product businesses. We invest in tech. So CPG and tech are our main areas. Now, there are people who are not as polished, but I'm like, I can't duplicate this hustle. Right. Like that. We can put some corporate people around that person. Correct. But I can't duplicate this hustle. This hustle is 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 who they are, right. and that's when that, those types of decisions are made. Right. You know, you're gonna have to lean somewhat into your intuition. You gotta have some resilience to do this. Mm -hmm. So the, the one thing that I respect about this is number one, being a woman of color. There's not a lot of women that have not only the the drive, the ambition, the know-how, right in a shark infested market of males, Caucasian, African-American, or any type of other descent, right? I, I, I tip my hat off to, you know, women like you because you're a double minority. You're a woman and you're a woman of color. To that, what are some of the flags or the issues that you have, you know, in regards to whether it's presentation, Mm -hmm. Not only from the investment standpoint, where you're like, yo, this is a good or bad investment. We talked about that. But what do you say as a presenter to try to raise capital? <clears throat> you are correct. I work in an industry that's 92% white men. Mm. Just flat out. Um, so a lot of women, like you said, on the entrepreneur side, they do have the ambition and the drive and all that. But on the investor side, there's very few of us. Mm -hmm. Very, very few of us. Um, we go up a lot of, I guess you would say, red flags. I would say when we first started the business, we probably had 300 meetings before we got to maybe 5 million raised. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's no joke. It is definitely a lot of sexism. It was definitely a lot of racism. People were also mad that we were on the scene. We, right. were not, we didn't come from investment banking. We didn't come from um, venture. We didn't come from your typical finance route. Right. I'm an entrepreneur. I've only worked probably 30 days for somebody. Okay. <laughs> Always been an entrepreneur. Everybody were like, who are the new people on the scene? I'm like, it's us and we're here to stay, so get right. used to it. 
But yeah, there was a lot of resistance, I would say. Um, we thought we were building a $5 million concept fund, ended up building a $25.8 million concept fund. Not the point eight. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But backed by like Bank of America, JP Morgan Chase, MasterCard, PayPal, Costco, Ally Bank, a host of corporations that we got alongside of us to go on this journey. But was it tough at first? Yeah. I mean, it still is. It's levels to it. Mm-hmm. Now that we're raising even more, it's just like, y'all, y'all ain't going to stop us. What is this? Right. So, so to that, uh, I'm hearing a lot of dough coming through the dough. You dig what I'm saying? I, my issue, not necessarily issue, I would say, wrong word, my concern mm-hmm. is it's not being a bad person with money. It's the mismanagement mm-hmm. of money. And that creates the issue. Meaning, okay, a person comes into a large sum of money. Mm-hmm. The person who is responsible for that, may not be a bad person, but over time, it's becoming bad what is being done with the money. Loans, hey, we're going to put money here, we're going to put money there. you talking about like people we invest in? Just in general. I'm talking mm-hmm. about, it could be personal investments, it could be business investments. Mm-hmm. You see, Either way, it's still the mismanagement of money is the biggest issue rather than just... The, I mean, those people do exist as far as, okay, I got an ulterior motive. You give me your money, I'm going to do this, that, and the third. But more times than not, from my experience, I would say the mismanagement of money. You having $25.8 million at your disposal, how do you and you know you and your team do a great job of managing the assets to do what it's supposed to do. Gotcha. Well, we have a lot of security measures in place. I run an SEC-regulated business. Mm -hmm. So we have auditors in place. They have to audit our financials every quarter. Mm -hmm. We have accountants in place. We have fund administrators in place. We have associates in place. So there is a team that actually manages the fund. Right. So it's not like we have final say as the GPs or general partners of making where the investments go. But as far as the day-to-day management, there are a lot of checks and balances. Correct. And unfortunately, in venture, 25.8, and that's our fund one, we're on fund two now, that is anything under 150 million in venture is called micro. Mm. I work in a $62 trillion industry. Mm. They consider that micro. That is just like very small in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Dare I say peanuts, but it, 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 looking at the bigger picture, mm-hmm. that's something where you got to start somewhere. The fact that you was able to, you know, have that is a blessing in itself. Now, um, in regards to the, the, the management of or mismanagement, I would say we all see horror stories or, or stories about foundations, ventures, um, that take the wrong turn. Mm-hmm. In current news, you know, obviously the uh, Black Lives Matter situation, that's the first one that comes to the top of my head when it was public knowledge that what people's uh, donations were actually going towards is something that it wasn't intended for it to go towards. So how do you shield yourself from that situation like that happening? Like I say, we have measures in place. Mm-hmm. We have audit companies on board. We have audited financials. 
we're not allowed to just run loose like that. Mm-hmm. They, people watch us. So that's pretty much how ours is shielded. I would advise probably anybody that's running anything of millions to make sure that they have audited financials, mm-hmm. that they have auditors in place, that they have good accountants in place. You have to have those measures. But for us, like I say, we run an SEC-regulated business. We right. don't have a choice. But even if we had a choice, I would tell people they should, they should definitely look into that. So this person who you are today, mm-hmm. how did you come about? You know, Was this, I mean, obviously being a hustler at a young age, selling things, but what was there, who was the person? What did you see you know, that motivated you to say, okay, cool, I wanted to, I want to do this? Oh my gosh! I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. The D. Yes, the D. Well, your buffs said you ain't got the buffs, huh? <laughs> we were about eighty-eight percent black. Okay. Growing up in the eighties and nineties in Detroit, and it was probably the most empowering thing ever. Mm. We paid the cable bill to a black man. Net worth nine figures back in like the eighties, nineties. Mm. Don Barton, Barton Cablevision. And we didn't pay it to AT&T or Xfinity or Comcast. So I got to see black wealth Mm -hmm. at a very young age. I got to see black excellence. So I would definitely say my environment played a role in knowing what I could be. Right. So even like who I am along that, that, that journey, I would say there's not a lot of people that was like me that I was inspired by. Mm-hmm. You can say the same. Being a woman, representing and holding your own in these in these different meetings, being very intentional, very strategic in how you attack certain things. Was there a woman um, who kind of showed you the ropes, or was it a man who showed you the ropes to to say, "All right, this is how you do it," and you know, giving you the law of the land. Oh, yes. When I started wanting to get into this space, I knew I wanted to be the business investor that I had been looking for. Mm-hmm. I did not know what it was going to look like venture capital. Okay. I started meeting people in venture capital and the light bulb went off. I was like, wait, that's yeah. how I could do this. Yeah. And there were people, Tracy Gray, she sits on our advisory board. She was like, this girl sounds nuts, as in me. Yeah. She was like, you want to go do what? I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. She was like, well, you can take my number and I'll teach you. Mm-hmm. She was like, I've worked for white boys all my life doing this, and I now have a $100 million fund. I can show you. She told me where the securities attorneys were. She sh- taught me how to set up the fund, everything. So she took me under her wing. Rodney Sampson, he's here in Atlanta. He's a tech guy. He took me under his wing. Um, Jeff Jordan, he is a managing partner over at Andreessen Horowitz, one of the largest venture capital funds. He's like, I will mentor her. So people definitely put their counsel all around me. So great in that. How do you pay it back? You know what I'm I saying? I love that. Like... In a way where it may be a person that's in high school, it may be a girl who does your nails or or whatever. It's like I see it so often in our culture and in our community. It's like my mind is crazy, but I think of a dope dealer is the most risky business person because instead of fighting for capital, you fight for your life. Mm-hmm. For the female standpoint, I would say an adult entertainer mm-hmm. is a person from the a, a a male's drug dealer is a female's stripper. You come into a large 
surplus of money. Okay, the professional way of that in our culture, I would say, is an athlete. You come into a large surplus of money, mm. such an early age, and going back to the intentions aren't never what it is, or the intentions aren't to do harm. The harm is done because not the, you, you don't educate yourself to managing what you're about to come in up against. How have you been able to pay it back to somebody in a way where it's like, nah, baby, like, we're going to do it this way? On many different levels, but I even take one with my assistant, Lauren. She is a huge blessing to me, mm -hmm. but I probably got her, I think she was college age. She interned for us first, mm -hmm. but she's been with the company now since it's been in, in existing. And I pulled her aside. I said, I want you to learn from every mistake that I made at your age. Mm. And I said, we're going to sit down. We're going to go through your money. I said, we're going to set you up, you know, your budget. We're going to show you how to invest. And just making sure that you could have a good start off at 20 that I definitely didn't have while right. I was out, you know, building businesses. But it was still like ups and downs. Right. I'm like, no, we're going to start you off on the right track and get you everything together. So that's just like on a personal note. Mm -hmm. Um, broadly, when people come up to me, I always teach them like how to start up a fund or how to do this or how to do that. I believe that we are to give back mm -hmm. all the time. I believe that I don't have this knowledge for me. Mm -hmm. I have it to give to whoever needs it. Yeah. To, to that, I'm reading a book, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. And it's so wowing to hear the simplistics of acknowledging the difference between an asset and a liability. Mm. And just because your name is on the LLC, right, that doesn't mean that's an asset. Just because you may own the house, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's an asset. As the book kind of states, and he makes a very valuable point, I think a lot of people in money doesn't necessarily understand that simple question and answering it to its whole. And when you really put a microscope to that question, it could be in relationships. Mm. It's like, yo. People are assets and liabilities. Assets, <laughs> are, you know what I'm saying? Like, respectfully, it's like, yo, this person that I have in my life, friend, homeboy, partner, confidant, girlfriend, wife, side chick, side dude, whatever. Whatever the relationship may be, you can either be an asset or a liability. And an asset is simple. Does it bring you value? Mm -hmm. A liability is, does it, it takes away, away from you. Mm -hmm. you. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's simple. So when you go and answer that or ask yourself that question, most businesses may be liabilities that people are rewarding it to be an asset. That is very true. Yeah. So for you, how have you been able to fail your way to success? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> so I'll go back to the store. Okay. You'd have 50000 one day, you'd be broke the next. Mm -hmm. I was like, am I doing well with this? Mm -hmm. And I closed it, and I actually was doing well. I keep the financials on my computer as a reminder. I just wasn't patient. Mm -hmm. And in that being 2021, 20, building a business, I just wasn't patient. I was like, oh, okay, um, am I doing well doing that? And I just closed the business. And I went on to get the one job I had. I had this, remember Nelly's Apple Bottoms? Them Apple, apple Bottom, bottom jeans, jeans, boots, boots with, with the, the fur, fur. Yes. 
fire, the whole club looking at her. And I thought I was her. And I went and worked at his company no, you didn't. <laughs> 30 days uh. doing product placement. Placing product on Oprah Winfrey, Jessica Simpson, Tyra Banks. Only job I've ever had in my adult life. 30 days. President says, I want to meet with you. I said, okay, cool. I'm thinking I'm getting a raise. They said, Aaron, we have to let you go. I'm like, no way. Let me go. I've turned this company around. And she said, well, if it was based on performance, you'd be the first to stay. I said, what is it based upon? She said, the company's being sold and everybody has to go. You were just the last hired, first fired. I said, oh, okay. Wow. Ran out of cash. Parents was in a divorce case at the time. I told my parents, I said, I'll just figure out life. I moved from my apartment to my car. I was without a place to stay for about seven months. Just fit, but I was still in good spirits for the most part. Yeah. I was sneaking into the BT awards, mm. just cut, awesome. cutting up. Yeah. <laughs> and what I could say from that is, I learned in that experience to really stick with what I was designed to do, and that was to work in business. Mm. After all of that, somebody sought me out to do some PR marketing work. I built a company from the ground up, and I said, Aaron, you caused yourself more hell when you went to go get a job mm. than when you were just in your natural state of who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I can say of just from the failures of business and the failures of life is when I have stepped outside of who I was created to be. Right. I caused myself a lot of chaos. Okay. But when I stay in who I was designed to be, things run pretty smooth. Man, listen, I know we got to get to the game real quick. I, I something that came about while, while, while you was talking. Give me a nugget, right, to what's the most important attribute you have to have in presenting yourself <laughs> as far as whether you need funding mm. or as being a boss, right? I'm not talking take away money, mm -hmm. right? Take away all the, the things that may be superficial. If everything's equal, if everybody wore a white shirt, black pants, and boom, 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 what is what will separate the good from the not so good, in your opinion? The good from the not so good? Mm -hmm. Just character. Mm. Character. Explain. It's vague. It's broad. You know how even when we were talking about money earlier, people will say, well, all money is not good money. Mm -hmm. That is not true. All money is good. It's whose hands it's in. Mm -hmm. It's the deal that may not be good. Right. It's the person that may not be good. But it's not the cash. Mm -hmm. So that's why I said character. I could dig that. I love to ask this question, especially to entrepreneurs. Curious to get your insight. And you have to choose one. What's more important? The product or the presentation? Mm. But that's a good one. <laughs> the product, meaning you have something <clears throat> that is... I get what you're saying. Okay, cool. It, but it's, it's, ooh. The re okay, as an investor, it's going to be the product. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to sell something to a consumer, it's going to be the presentation. But you could say that you could flip it and say the same thing because as an investor, he wants to be sold on something. Yeah, but sometimes I give. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> a mm -hmm. product can be so good that we can still surround you with the right people moving forward. That's why I said as an investor, it's a little bit different for me. But presentation is key if you're trying to sell to the consumer. But. If you have a presentation that's well thought out and you have a plan that's well 
planned out to be executed. You can have the same product. Well, no, no, I'll tell you where we're going to have a roadmap or an impasse. Okay. That good presentation is going to get you in the door. It just can't keep you in the door if hmm. the product is. But anything, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. Go ahead. I'm not agreeing. Or disagreeing, gotcha. Disagreeing. I'm just giving you perspective. Anything has to have a plan. What Denzel say? Denzel well, says. plan versus a presentation is different. No, 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 no. But a presentation is the plan. Okay. In essence, it's a, it's a synonym it, going off of what we like. I got you. I'm following. A dream is just a thought without execution mm -hmm. from, the, from the great Denzel Washington, right? So we can have the dream or, in this case, the product. Got you. Without a thought-out plan to say, okay, cool, boom, I got a red suit. Now, listen, this red suit right here, well, let's just take apple bottom jeans. Mm -hmm. I feel like they are a couple years premature when they were supposed to hit the right way. Because if apple bottom jeans was, was, was popping right now in the, in the land of BBLs, you know how many apple bottom <laughs> jeans are there? Boy, listen, BBLs, apple bottom jeans, but they are just, mm, right there. But, <laughs> golly, that's a match made in heaven right there. You know, it'd be a good view. Um, I'm saying all that to say, if you don't have a plan of action to execute it, it's dead. No matter that how great true. that product is. That is true. And that's my, when, I, when you said presentation, I didn't think that you were meaning plan. Okay. Because I think somebody can get a, give a good presentation about dirt. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, they can give just a great presentation. But when you're talking about a plan, the plan is going to be essential. Because you're true. You're right. We can adjust the product if that's the case. So if it's plan versus product, we need a good plan. Mm. Say less. Thank you so much. All right. Boom diggity. Boom up. Come here. This, this whole setup is everything. Huh? This whole setup is everything. I appreciate you. That's how you feel when you go into fellowship. Come on now. <laughs> you, you already know what it is. You know, and if it ain't been the, the, the fellowship, bring your ass on down to the fellowship. Minority owned. You know what I'm saying? But we don't keep out nobody. <laughs> Only way you can get key, uh, put out of fellowship if you don't meet the dress code. So here we go. Aaron, you are fearless, not just in the work you do, but in the fashion. So let's play. Oh my God. Funky facts. We good. I took a deep dive, or we took a deep dive here, and uh, we scrolled in the rabbit hole of your Instagram, and uh, we found a few fearless outfits explaining the inspo and what the function is for it. So you're going to tell me what you thought about it, and me being a fashion, Christ, uh, <laughs> fashion critic... I will give you my two cents. Okay. Hopefully it'll add up to a dollar. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Okie dokie. That is my godson's 90s inspired, though he's born in the 2000s, mm. birthday party. I grew up in Detroit, as I stated before, and in the 90s, 
We were like in the Biggie area. We we were Versace down, Versace. Moschino okay. down, Iceberg down, mm. Coogee down. Yeah. Pink Gator down, like that was us. Yeah. So that is the inspiration behind it. I got my Moschino from head to toe. <laughs> yeah. I, I I like this. I like this because I, I I see what you did with the incorporation of is that considered a bambushka or a scarf? You know what I'm saying? Um, just the product placement with the glasses. Mm-hmm. Your details is everything. The oh, devil yes. is in the details, but we Christians over here. It's given unbothered. It's given. Uh, <laughs> Exotic, you know, it may be in Atlanta, but it's given Jamaica in the background. You know what I'm saying? Tropical smoothie We're cafe, in South Florida. Yeah. Okay. Oh, excuse me, Soda Flex. Sorry. All right. Boom. Oh yes. Yes. Come through. I'm Moschino. I was winning in this. That's Moschino too, actually. Uh, I'm an African queen. You are. Literally, um, I'm a queen in Cote d'Ivoire, and that's my security detail. And they're walking me into Mary. I think it was yeah, Yassi's office. Uh. Yassine's office, yep. But this is all I want to know. Were they a part of this or was this like an impromptu? Oh, no, those are all candid photos. Candid, oh. Yeah, like literally I usually tell my security detail to step out of my photos when I'm in Cote d'Ivoire, but I was like, you know what, forget it. I was like, if they catch it, they just catch it. It's given, but the chin is at the right length like you was expecting them like <laughs> that was candid it was all the way candid it's that like was oh, all the way oh, candid. oh it's given elegance thank you when i go meet with politicians uh-huh. and i'm in my royal duties i i definitely try to make sure that i look the part royal, royal duties yes <laughs> oh, boom. oh i guess you didn't know i was an african queen now that of course i did not put on myself so tradition in African heritage is when you go into the villages for the village ceremony, okay. they take your clothes off you and they dress you. Yes. Respectfully, though. Yes, respectfully. Uh, um, and you got to come one day. I even have a school I built out there. You got to come one day. You just, you just hitting these little, little nuts. Well, it's like, not I'm just not your job. average little chick. <laughs> you know, we just... You well, know, zoom in. I want you to see my skin. So the night before, what, no, <laughs> seriously, the night before, I didn't know this was going to happen. I'm at a hotel, and the village people are there, the chief is there, and I'm like, what are y'all doing here? They said, we need to prepare your body for the ceremony. I said, prepare my body? I'm in the land of the living. Uh. <laughs> they were like, no, well, you're, you're the queen. You have to get painted before you can enter into the village tomorrow. So I just said, okay. So I'm learning a lot on the job as far as all of this is concerned. The culture. Yes. Does. So we are aware this is in Africa? Yes, it's definitely in Africa. What part? Do you know? That is in the kingdom of Dawa, where I reign. Dawa. So yes, it's Pouple in the de Dawa. Pople de Dawa. Oh. Mm-hmm. Pople de Dawa. Je parle français. No, 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 no. Um, Pople de Dawa, what that mean? People of Dawa. Duh. <laughs> Okay, her name is Loza, who designed that. She also does a lot of pieces for Beyonce. Um, so, okay, keep going. That's, that's in Cote d'Ivoire, too. That is definitely, that was at a pitch competition. I held my very first fearless pitch competition in Africa. See, what you're not about to do is make me believe that this is a candid photo. No, that one I sat there and posed. Oh, <laughs> I was about to say, it's like the eye... In camera, chin, mouth slightly open, just 
Oh, I'm going to give it to the camera. You got to. I'm going to give it to the camera. It's, <laughs> it's giving what it's supposed to give. There. there we go. Okay. That was the other day. We have a podcast that we have coming out. But I'm not the host. They were just interviewing me. It's called the Fearless Founders Podcast. Okay. So featuring the women that we've invested in, wanting to tell their stories of how they started their businesses, their, of course, their tribulations and their triumphs. So people can get a good sense of feel for what it is that we do. And on the first episode, they interviewed me and my partner, Ayana, and that's what I had on. I like the 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 uh, the stiff shoulders, similar to what you have now. Mm-hmm. It's given like Cruella. Not co, <laughs> not Coella, it's Crowella. I love a mean woman's suit. Like, it's giving P. P stands for pink. Ah, face sad. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You want to take me through that? <laughs> you said take you through that? Yeah, it's pretty. That's a piece actually from the Ivy showroom, and I was doing a photo shoot. So this is not a candid? No, that is definitely a photo shoot. Okay, thank you. Thank you. That is definitely a photo shoot. Just where we are right now, and I don't know what the hell you was looking at. You may have been looking at him. (laughs) I hope you was looking at him because it's giving like, (sighs) baby, if you thought I came to play, you were... Highly mistaken. It's giving a cherry red um, dress with the layered ends, might I add. And uh, even though you walked in on your own, darling, I needed assistance. I had somebody help me uh, pick up, as they would say, the slack of my dress. Um, All right. So Founders Day, did you pledge? I most definitely did. What did you say? AK? I'm just messing with you. By the colors. Exactly. I'm a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Mm. Did you step? Did you stump with the big dog? Of course. Mm. And the bring, I didn't pledge. You know, I felt like I pledged, I did, I pledged to myself. Uh, Told myself I'd never let myself down. Me, Fi, me, Delta, (laughs) Babu, um, and I ain't let myself down yet, but... I know that's right. Now, my question to that is, do you think somebody could create something this impactful today? Yes, but it just wouldn't look like that. I do. I believe that we are all created, you know, to be fruitful and multiply. So mm-hmm. whatever that looks like for you just may look different. But do I believe that things are being created today in this moment that will have long lasting generational impact mm. just like these sororities and just like these fraternities? Most definitely. Mm. Was given what it was supposed to give. That's, That's it. it. I mean, we did mine too, but I ain't want to put too much. I ain't want to mm-hmm. shine on your prayer, baby. <laughs> what? You know what I'm saying? I ain't like, not, not rain. I ain't want to shine on it. You feel? Because they would have been like, ooh, it, ooh, with that banger after banger after banger. You know? But to keep everything right where we at, my question has to be in a world of masculinity, mm-hmm. how are you able to find the partner for you? 
In a world of masculinity? Like, you know, you have to present yourself in a way that's um, professional. You have to be mm -hmm. stern, going back to the word intentional, right? How do you separate or how was you able to find your partner? Right? I know I get what you mean. In, just... in this type of realm and... Yeah. I would hope that more women would tap into their femininity because it's their superpower. Mm. It is my superpower. So I, I, don't, I don't walk into a board meeting and present myself masculine. Mm. That's not why I'm there. I just don't. I'm not walking into a meeting to be that. But don't get me wrong. There are there times, like you said, of aggression and handling business. Yeah, but I think that's what we as women have. That is our superpower. When you have masculine and feminine together, that's the only combination that can make a baby. Mm. So when I come in the room, and if it's men in the room, I want to be able to show up as my feminine self. So when I see your masculine self, we're able to reproduce. Well, I'm preaching. But I'm being serious. Cut so, her mic all the way up. Because <laughs> that is what makes something bigger. Mm. The masculine energy with the masculine energy, we still ain't made no baby yet. Mm. The feminine energy with the feminine energy, we still ain't, we haven't produced nothing. Mm. So I make sure I show up as the feminine me if I'm meeting someone masculine in the room. So therefore we can reproduce. Mm. Mm. I love that. <laughs> it's awesome. So basically what you're telling me is a masculine energy and a feminine energy can produce more. Yes. Oh. So that's why I say women don't need to step into that. That's not who you are and it's not who you were created to be. Mm. But I would say this, and I always get on my little rants about this topic. I love women. I mean, anybody love them. It's me. You know. <laughs> right. I would say... Submission, mm -hmm. being submissive, being feminine to the proper cause, mm -hmm. that's earned, right? How I would raise, how I am raising my daughters, it's respect is, is, is a non-negotiable, mm -hmm. right? But who you submit to, that's also earned. As a father, there's not something that you just sit up here and say, Kuda, Kiri, do as I say. Mm -hmm. They have to respect me to, in essence, allow them to follow my lead. You see what I'm saying? No different mm -hmm. than my friends, no different than my partner, no different than, you know, business uh, constituents. Mm -hmm. I think there's a scarcity in, in, in real men. Uh, I challenge men to be men. And at the end of the day, I'm not sitting up here telling no female to challenge a man's masculinity. However, I am saying everything should be earned in that way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You're making sense. Right. So oh, keeping everything rocking and rolling. We also know one thing about business, that conflict will come. Mm hmm Right? You're in the process of facing that conflict and... Tell us about it. Like, like, where are we with it for what you can share respectfully? I um, like, how is how is that altered the, the, the plant, if it has at all? And, you know, how do we move forward from it? 
I know that's right. On August 2nd of 2023, mm -hmm. I was sitting at my desk and I started getting calls from our staff saying the press was contacting them to speak on a lawsuit that mm -hmm. we had. I said, well, we ain't got no lawsuit. That must be chat GPT. I thought it was like artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. We were being punked on like emails. Right. And I said, well, find me the filing. Found out that the filing took place the same day that everything hit the press mm. and that it was done by a man by the name of Edward Bloom, who was basically the champion of getting affirmative action removed at the collegiate level in June of 2023. Mm. Everybody heard about it after the fact. It was like, wait, affirmative action is gone? What just happened? Uh, yeah. So he is suing us for discrimination. Whenever this comes out, y'all. This case may be over, and we may have won already. <clears throat> but We're going to speak that. Yes, mm. suing us for discrimination at the time, stating that we are not allowing, of course, everybody in. Now, mind you, we run a public company. Mm -hmm. I mean, a private company, not a public company. We're a, a private company. Right. People can choose to spend their money wherever they choose to. Absolutely. It just is what it is. But um, Before you even... It is what it is, and go on somewhere else. But I want to explain it's not about us. They do it. Oh, yeah. Other people do it all the time. All the time. So go ahead. The lawsuit is not an attack on us as a company. It's an attack on our economic progress and our economic freedom. Mm. That's what it's about. Okay. In the lawsuit, it states that it's a complaint against 1981 of the Civil Rights Act of 1866. I thought that was another part that was just not right. I said, the only civil rights act I know of is the one that Dr. King had in 1964. So then I got to go research. Correct. And I said, oh, shoot. I said, this was put in place right after slavery was abolished in 1865. And to, uh, to educate the viewer, it was stating what? It, that's what I'm going to get to. Stating that basically blacks could enter contracts and not be prohibited because of race. Mm -hmm. It was to provide us with economic freedom. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh no, these people are trying to flip this on us. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is an attack against our economic freedom. This is a problem. And it's really a scare tactic because right after our lawsuit was filed, the SBA, Small Business Administration 8A program, the government, halted and paused on all of their minority contracts, paused on all of their minority grants. Yes, it was a mess. And I said, oh, this is not good because he probably could care less right now how the outcome of the Fearless Fund case is. They probably feel like they're already winning. Just because of the fear tactic has now carried over to so many organizations. I was like, this is horrible. But generationally, see, these people plot for generations. So generationally, this is something that our children will feel the effects of, even if we don't feel the effects of. Mm. Right now, our Atlanta airport <clears throat> is like heavily minority contracted. That stuff is a problem. Yes. And without this in place, they're able to leverage relationships to who they want it to be. So basically... If I'm hearing this right, that motion of action is set up as an accountability tactic yes. to give people of whether it's brown, white, green, black, red or whatever. The right person for this job should be the right person, not by the gender or race. 
Yeah, so minority mandates exist in a lot of cities. I know when growing up in Detroit, our mayor, Coleman Young, he made sure that the city's contracts reflected the demographics of the people in the city. Mm-hmm. He's like, if the city 88% black, then the contracts is 88% black. It's Correct. just that simple. Correct. Um, right now, Atlanta is probably around 51% black, and the contracts are probably about 38% black. Mm. So people put these mandates in place to try to level out to make sure things are happening fairly. And a lot of times it's still not even fair because, like, I just gave you an example of 38 to 51. It's mm-hmm. still not even. Correct. So <clears throat> taking that away, people have choice to choose. So let me get this right. The SBA mm-hmm. is affecting companies that are MBE certified. Yes, you're correct. DBE certified. The reason why I know this is I have a logistics company, mm. right? And I'm in trucking, transportation. And... I'm being impacted by this and not even necessarily knowing. Knowing. Oh, we got to sound an alarm because this thing is that serious. It's mm. a state of emergency. There are probably people working in corporate America right now, and they've probably been hired under a minority mandate, and they don't know it. Ex- explain. So say if a corporation said, you know, we're going to make sure that we have this company set up to where it is 30% minority or 30% this, they may have been hired under a minority mandate and don't know it. Mm. But if that cor- corporation chooses to loosen on that because they're scared of being sued because of discrimination, mm-hmm. their job could be at risk. But another loophole tactic mm-hmm. is minority doesn't mean the way you are. Doesn't necessarily mean your race. Correct. <clears throat> minority also could mean it's a woman-owned company. That is correct. White women have been the biggest beneficiaries yes. of minority contracts. Yes. That's a fact. That is correct. So with me doing my little two cents, I'm hoping it's equating to a dollar to, to, <laughs> to the viewer. Uh, it's, it's a lot of loopholes out there, right? Mm-hmm. But help me help others by giving a what should we do? Knowing this, knowing the state of affairs, right? How can we kind of armor up to get prepared of what's to come and how should we move forward? Oh, that is such a loaded question. Um, so I'm probably going to have to give a loaded answer. It's all right. Take your time. We got time. That is definitely a loaded question. Um, for our person, I've even explained to people with our situation. I said, if they come and attack you next, we have our website, fearlessfreedomnow.org. Okay. People can come sign a petition. They can donate, whatever. I said... Our case dropped, great. We're going to pass on the collection plate to the next person. I mm-hmm. said, we're going to have to keep this going, but we're going to need policy changes in place mm-hmm. in order to ensure our economic freedom. So the same way the law is being trying to be flipped on us, quote unquote, no, we need measures put in place at a policy level. And that is important. We're going to have to be willing to realize that voting is important. Mm-hmm. Right now, Congress would not is, is allowing this basically to go on. Um... The reason why Ed Bloom and his organization, his deep-pocketed supporters, were able to get done what they got done is because the Supreme Court justices are in their favor. Mm. So we have to be mindful of who we put into office. Um, But policy work and legislation work is going to definitely have to take place in order to ensure the economic state of what would be equal and equitable. But it's many different sectors to voting, though, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's not just like, the every four years, get out and vote. These voting measures may take every two years. Yeah. You know, and whether you're putting a picket 
uh, sign in front of your house, vote city councilman or this, that, and the third. It's very needed for change. Um, and I think above all is, is education, not education of reading books, but education of, of necessarily knowing. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, let's, let's just keep it a book. The reality of it is a lot of people are being affected and they're being suppressed and not even knowing, knowing. that they're being suppressed. And there's contracts that we can be awarded if these weren't, in essence, in the way. I'll ask you this. Would you say we need more people who can relate to us, who look like us, in these positions? Of course. I think that's always a given. Mm. And we need more voices like yourself, even that have large audiences, making sure, just like how this platform is making sure, Mm -hmm. that people are aware like, because you're correct, most people would not even know. And I'm like, no, this is a state of emergency. Because yeah. our kids are going to feel the effects of this if we don't get a hold of this right now. And, and so the impact of this, right? And I, I, as I would say, let's keep it a buck. If it's in our favor, mm-hmm. right? When I say our, I'm saying I'm, 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 I'm on your ship or the elegant, <laughs> I'm on your yacht, Right. How long could this be in place or how long could this be of impact? Oh, this is generational impact. So if we don't take the measures. Oh, yeah. How long could we be impacted? Oh, my gosh. It could be a century or two. Mm. Seriously. Century being a hundred years. Yes. Being, what I mean by that also is we have been enslaved longer in this country than we've actually been free. Mm. So I think slavery was like 200 and maybe 60 some years. I can't remember the exact numbers, but it's we've been enslaved on this country longer than we've actually been free. Mm. And to reverse things like this, it's, that's dangerous. It's very dangerous. I like it. I could dig it. I think where we are as a society, first off, you say you've been from Detroit. That's a black-dominated or a very black impacted city, mm-hmm. right? When you, when you think about Atlanta, it is the black Mecca, Mecca. Mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I hear time and time again, I hear people moving or seeing or visiting Atlanta. It's like, bro, I've never seen black people, so many important black people in positions of power. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Whether it's going to get cable, whether it's going to, you know, buy a phone, whether it is going to buy clothes, whether it is going to get life insurance, these people are looking like me. They're relatable to me. And why is that important? Is because we have to do a great job with taking care of our own, you know. Now, am I saying... Go slap the first white person you see? Hell no. Am I saying be cruel to any other you know, race? No, I'm not saying that. But in order to create change, you have to be the change. Yes. And even though from crime to uh, impact or everything, we got to first do right by ourselves, hold each other accountable, and make sure that we're educating ourselves to really the impacts that may have way frequencies for the next generation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Did I say that right? 
So as we end things here at Funky Friday, anything else you want to get off your uh, your uh, red suit? Your suit. <laughs> yeah. Um, not really, but thank you for having me mm-hmm. and continue to use your platform for, you know, a, a voice of information, a voice yeah. of entertainment, a voice of just you know, uplifting our community. Man, so I want to thank you for that. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, uh, thank you for coming. And listen, I try to do my part. Um, I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a brother. I'm a friend. Um, and most of all, I'm a human. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I try to do right by people. Don't matter what you look like. Don't matter where you come from. Mm-hmm. And I'm just doing my humanitarian restitution. So... Yeah. All right. Here we go. So as we end things here, we're going to do it in unison. We're going to start with this camera together. Then we're going to go to this camera together. And then we're going to finish in that camera right there. All right. You ready? Let me see if you know how to pay attention. All right. Here we go. One finger. One finger. Hold on. Okay. One finger. One pinky. One thumb. And we're going to say one love on the count of three. One, two, three. One, one love. love. Yes, yeah, But wait, wait, wait. Do it again. Oh. What was we supposed to do for each camera? It was a finger for each camera? We was going to finish right there, see if you was paying attention about the presentation. No, I got you. That. You skipped that slide. We're going to try it one more time. All right. One finger. One finger. Put the thumb down. The thumb ain't... <laughs> The thumb at the finger. All right. Gotcha. One finger. One pinky. One thumb. All together. One, one love. love. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And that's a wrap. Yeah. I like that.